Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. Also, we'll have details on the winner of Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers Award. Up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Scott Anderson with Winnipeg Livestock Sales. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Scott Anderson with Winnipeg Livestock Sales to talk about the fall cattle run. You know what? I would say it was okay. Uh, I think the market was pretty much, you know, it's very steady to what it's been for the last couple of years, I guess, as far as, you know, the fall run itself. Uh, given the high feed costs locally and, you know, across most of the West, uh, I think the market was probably... You know, even better than, you know, some people had anticipated, I guess. A lot of local guys have been buying, you know, large amounts of lighter calves to background into yearlings for next summer, I guess. So that certainly has kept, you know, things rolling pretty good. Uh, we've probably pulled a few cattle, you know, forward that would typically be background until spring, you know, maybe because some of the feed shortages. So, you know, that might mean that we've maybe sold more now than we might see in the spring, I guess. Uh, in terms of numbers, um, I know we talked earlier in the year, but did you see, uh, was it higher numbers this year? Maybe just a little bit higher. Uh, not, not overly substantial, I don't think. Certainly not terribly lower, that's for sure. In terms of timing, did you see a lot of, a lot of animals coming in earlier in the season? Well, we did have a big run, you know, all through the summer, like July and August was our busiest July and August probably of all time. And then it was quiet. Uh, you know, for most of September and probably didn't really get rolling again until about the first or second week of October kind of thing because once we got some timely rains there, you know, at the end of August and all of a sudden pastures, you know, came back to life and, and most producers wanted to uh, take advantage of that. I know that Interlake uh, area was, was one of the hardest hit. Uh, did you see a lot of um, cattle coming in from that region? Yeah, we did. Uh, a lot of, like a lot of producers, you know, they always, if they have to move something, a lot of people had, uh, you know, held back replacement heifers and had them out to be bred. And then, you know, when they decided that they had to move something in order to accommodate their herd, you know, as far as pasture, it just seemed that everybody sold their, their yearling heifers, I guess, that, you know, probably had been running with a bull. So a lot of those numbers, you know, kind of are, are out of the system now, I guess. And, and that in turn might you know, help the bread cow market going forward, like even in the fall here, as well as uh, into the spring, maybe there might be producers that uh, will come back onto the market to, to replace those uh, breeding stock that they had sold in the summertime due to the drought. And what are uh, prices like right now? The calf market is, it, it, like I said, it's been very, it's been steady. Uh, hasn't been a whole lot of up and down or, or anything like that. Um, bread cow prices are probably lower than they've been in the last few years but given the like you said given the the feed shortage that we're going through right now they're probably i would call them healthy i guess you know as far as uh feed costs in order to get uh, a calf on the ground um as far as the cattle the animals themselves um how are they looking you know in terms of weight uh how are the animals looking they've actually been pretty good i know we saw some some thinner leaner calves you know probably back in the summertime uh, but then when we got all the uh, the rain there at the end of August and the grass sort of came back, 
I think uh, a lot of those calves, you know, did very well after that, you know, and, and as far as, you know, weights, I think everything is probably, you know, on par to where they normally would be. That was Scott Anderson with Winnipeg Livestock Sales. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Employees at Cargill's Beef Processing Plant in High River, Alberta, have voted 71% in favor of the company's latest contract offer. Cargill and the union had been at odds for some time over issues related to wages as well as health and safety. Last month, workers voted 98% against Cargill's previous offer. Stats Canada's latest crop production report revealed that total oat production decreased by 43% nationally to 2.6 million tonnes. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. You know, the oat crop is small and a little bit lower quality overall as the, as the heat stressed the, the crops, so maybe a little lighter on the bushel weight. So, yeah, those top-quality oats, it's just incredible. Again, small production number in line with expectations, but, but affirming just, uh, just how incredibly tight that oat market is, and, uh, and, and prices are showing that. Just, just unbelievable. Harvested oat acres were down 15% to 2.7 million, while yields dropped 33% to 61.5 bushels per acre. And a food professor from Dalhousie University says the B.C. floods are once again reminding Canadians how the East has been spoiled by the St. Lawrence Seaway. Here's Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. There are only a few options, and I think for the longest time we've been wondering how to develop proper corridors and gateways to the West for many, many years, for many decades. We had a Europe-centric global economy, and so the St. Lawrence Seaway did serve our economy well eastward. But I don't think we've ever actually thought seriously about developing uh, proper gateways and corridors west. Charlebois says building a St. Lawrence Seaway for the West has been a work in progress ever since Canada was created. He expects sporadic shortages of food products that would have come from Vancouver, but nothing to bring any markets in Canada close to food insecurity. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, December 6th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the winner of Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers Award. The Canadian Outstanding Young Farmers Program held its national event last week in Saskatoon and had it out the national award on Friday night. Glendalee Allen Vossler tells us about this year's award winners who are from Ontario and B.C. From Ontario, it's Jenny Butcher and Wes Kuntz of Little Brown Cow Dairy. The couple started in 2008 and began processing 100% of their milk after buying quota. During the event, the couple talked about their operation. We offer the best milk in the world, full-fat, unhomogenized Jersey milk on tap. It runs as free as water from the tap in your kitchen. Hundreds of people drive four-hour round trips every week. They line up. They buy 20, 30, 40 liters at a time. Because of this, we accomplished what we thought would take a lifetime. This summer, we sold 100% of our milk directly from our farm gate. They also opened a store and cheese plant on farm, the local food emporium. 5,500 people per week buy some or all of their groceries from us. Best part, sourced 100% Canadian. COVID was a real game changer for us. Our store served as a rally cry for our community during difficult times. Our staff and us held on tight as our business multiplied threefold from the very first day of lockdown. We kept the the shelves stocked, 
completely of all uh, staple items. We didn't run out of anything. And that's a testament to the short chain between our farm and farms that we know of and, and our customers. And we really truly believe that that is a change that we can make in the food system, is show people the power that, that exists when you uh, source your food directly from a farm. That's Jenny Butcher and Wes Kuntz of Little Brown Cow Dairy at Brantford, Ontario. The couple is sharing the National Outstanding Young Farmers Award with BC's Raymond and Tracy Bredenoff of R&T Poultry and Bredenoff Hops, located in the Fraser Valley between Abbotsford and Chilliwack. They operate a 40,000 broiler per cycle operation and are also the largest distributor of Canadian growing hops. Our acreage has gone from 6 to 23 of our own and another 35 of custom-grown acres by our growers. Recognizing a processor shortage in 2017, we built our own processing plant, pellet mill, and cold storage facility, and we began brokering and distribution of our hops. In 2020, our cold storage facility was quadrupled in size to handle the amount of hop product we carry, and we currently yield approximately 15,000 kilograms of finished product per year. Our first year yields were off the charts in quality and volume, and our farm became the first Canadian grower of the Comet and Triumph varieties. Currently, we run four hop fields of our own and help manage three fields for other growers, putting our hop acreage and processing yield as the largest in Canada. Bradenhoff Hop Farms is our sales and distribution company and does direct sales to mostly craft breweries. We import hops from 10 other countries and export Canadian-grown hops to seven countries so far. Our customer base is steadily increasing, and we are working closely with the Canadian Trade Commissioners to be able to ship to even more countries. We are currently working with the Trade Commission and the largest brewery in Taiwan to design a beer that is 100% sourced from Canadian ingredients and features our very own hops. This year's Canadian Outstanding Young Farmers National Award winners from Ontario and BC. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Farm Forum Learn and Grow event takes place virtually this year, December 7th. Visit the Farm Forum website for details. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting its annual district meetings December 7th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. This will be done in a virtual format. Get all the details on the CAP website. The Manitoba Egg Museum is hosting a Winter Wonderland December 10th to the 12th and again from the 17th to the 19th from 4 to 8 p.m. The entry fee is $10 per family. Proof of vaccination for guests age 12 and up is required. The Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is planned for December 14th to the 16th in an online setting. Details at CanadianFGA.ca. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A food professor from Dalhousie University says building a St. Lawrence Seaway for the West has been a work in progress ever since Canada was created. 
Dr. Sylvain Charlebois says supply chains out west have always been vulnerable, and that's not going to change anytime soon. There's been some investments here and there, and there's been some efforts uh, by, by past governments. But, but now, because of climate change, because of the challenges that we're facing, I think, uh, I think we need to revisit how we can actually make uh, our food supply chains uh, more resilient for the flow of goods going in and out of the country. Charlebois says the B.C. floods are once again reminding Canadians how the East has been spoiled by the St. Lawrence Seaway. He expects sporadic shortages of food products that would have come from Vancouver, but nothing to bring any markets in Canada close to food insecurity. And farmers are seeing unprecedented prices for their oats. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. You know, that old market has just been phenomenal in terms of prices. It is one of those markets that's really, really, you know, supply is so short, it really is drilling into the most inelastic demand. And and I I think that shows up just with, uh, you know, processors bidding just incredible prices up to as much as $11 in, in, in deferred windows. Stats Canada's latest crop production report revealed that total oat production decreased by 43% nationally to 2.6 million tonnes. Harvested oat acres were down 15% to 2.7 million, while yields dropped 33% to 61.5 bushels per acre. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, the governments of Canada and Manitoba recently announced a new herd management program under Agra Recovery. The program will help livestock producers offset the costs associated with replacing breeding animals called due to shortages of winter feed. Here's Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. We announced along with the federal government the herd rebuild, the herd management program, where we're going to invest up to uh, $250 per cow, and that can come from within the herd, but you have to have a minimum reduction of at least 10 head, and then we have that same program, but $50 for sheep and goats. So, uh, But that includes elk and bison and beef. So we're really excited about that. Um, I'm not sure, we just announced that last week, if we actually have folks that that money is actually flowing out yet, but that will uh, be allowed to go through till the end of 2022. Uh, So they don't have to do it right away, but certainly as they go along. In fact, probably shouldn't do it all right away, uh, just drive the price up. So uh, one, we're very excited about to, you know, maintain those beep numbers in, in Manitoba and how important the cow-calf operations are to Manitoba's GDP and our overall economy. And how will a program like this help to, to rebuild the herd? Well, you know, basically, if they can keep them from within, then we'll still give them the 250 uh, but it'll actually help uh, each producer get back to where they were pre uh, drought conditions. So some sold off in June, some sold off in July, August, and so on. And some still may do that. I mean, they have a bit of time left in this year, but certainly we want to see those numbers get back to the pre-drought uh, conditions. That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.